Welcome, Connie and Adriana. Hello. 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 And we've got, so um, Adriana, that we are here at the Vogue Tech Center. And we have three families here in the audience, but you can't see them. You can just see me. Um, but they're here and they're listening. Um, so would you like to start by introducing yourself? Sure. Um, so my name is Adriana Horn, and I'm a homeschool mom of two boys. And I um, have been a student of um, direct like a teacher of direct instruction and precision teaching for the past three years, um, namely Michael Maloney. And I've been using his reading program to teach my kids how to read. Um, my oldest son, Samuel, was diagnosed with autism back in 2012 when he was three. And um, since that time, I've done um, a lot of learning on how to best to teach him, um, primarily through uh, applied behavior analysis and, and direct, direct instruction, precision teaching. Um, so I, I'm just here to share some of the things I've learned and to um, share our story, Connie and I, um, and that's sort of a little bit of, of who I am and what I'm about. Hi, I'm Connie Stewart, and I was a homeschool mom of four children. Um, they're now grown, have adult children who are ages like 20 to 30. Um, and the past eight years, I've been in a classroom setting, and that's where I met Adriana and her family. Um, part of our story together is that the techniques and curriculum I had been using in that setting weren't um, weren't meeting with success for her son and for many of the students. And so through discussions together about um, how we could teach differently and better and keep up with where students actually needed help instead of just flooding more information at them, um, Adriana introduced me to direct instruction and particularly Michael Maloney's reading curriculum. And I have used it to tutor for the past two years. Um, and now I am out of the classroom and, and using it only to tutor students. I started a business working with students with reading using direct instruction and precision teaching. Well, thank you and welcome. We really appreciate you being here. And I know that there's, so <clears throat> we've been talking about direct instruction and precision teaching kind of in, you know, in theory and heard, they heard about uh, project follow through. And so we're really excited to um, hear more about your all's experiences. So we have three kind of general guiding questions. Um, and so what I'll, I'll just ask the first one and then you all can um, kind of share, share out um, your thoughts. So the first one is what motivates you to homeschool your children and utilize curriculum founded in direct instruction and precision teaching? Great. Well, when I started out, um, I didn't, so some families are like homeschooling. That's the only option. That's what I want to do. I did not start there. I, I was pretty much terrified when I realized really that I had no other option except to homeschool because um, sort of like what Connie was saying, uh, what was happening in the school <clears throat> for both my kids when they were in school, uh, it just wasn't meeting their needs. They were not learning. Um, so I realized if, if they weren't getting what they needed, 
uh, at school that I would have to learn how to do it at home. So I sort of <laughs> very timidly, I guess, started out, um, but then I researched, um, and my research goal was to find something that would help me measure uh, my kids, um, like, to, when, when do I know that they've actually learned? And I didn't know how that would, how would, that would happen unless I was taking some kind of data. So um, when I started researching um, curriculum for, for homeschool, homeschooling, especially reading, that's how I found Michael Maloney's um, pr program. So that was my motivation was to find something out there that I could use, that I could monitor their um, performance. So I would know for, for a fact that they were actually learning. And um, that's how I guess I came upon direct instruction precision teaching. Um, so that was my focus is teaching my children so that they could master, actually master and become fluent in whatever it is I was setting out to teach them, as opposed to just sort of giving them a general, this is information you need and, you know, just sort of absorb it as you can. Because I, at least for Samuel, my older son, that wasn't effective. And for my younger son, who was a struggling reader, obviously that wasn't effective either, because that's what was happening in their school programs. So. I didn't have um, I wasn't familiar with this program when I homeschooled our children. Um, and I too was timid about that. I think it can feel weighty. And so I want to say how excited I am about finding a program that measures mastery. You don't have to wonder, we're just reading this slew of words. And I'm not sure at what point, which sound confuses you, which blend confuses you. When we have direct instruction and precision teaching, it actually means that. It actually means we're gonna pinpoint each of the steps needed. And so now as a teacher and a tutor, and I wish as a parent, I had had that because it's freeing. It's freeing to know this curriculum is right here. These steps are here. We're gonna go on these steps. We're gonna use this process. And it, when we get to a point that it's not working, we're not gonna just continue to flood information. Like, oh, I'm sorry, there's a hole but we still got to keep putting water in the boat. We're not going to do that. We're going to make sure each step is solid. And that is not only freeing for the teacher, but it, it builds amazing confidence for the reader, for the student. The student begins to um, take hold of their learning. And I believe the pathways, all of the different ways we receive learning, um, one of those ways is an emotional connection to it. And when it continues to be frustrating, children want to try less and less and teachers and parents want to try less and less. Everyone's frustrated. So to have a method, and honestly, when I first started learning it, I was so overwhelmed by it, by the data. I'm not a research personality. I'm more of a let's talk personality. Um, but watching for the past two years, students gain in confidence and love today. A student said, is tomorrow the day we get to work on this again? I mean, they actually love it. I learned from Adriana's son, um, and that's when COVID hit, and uh, we were online. So I would say we we felt that this deck was kind of stacked against us, like, oh, we're doing all this learning. And even in the midst of that, the student, the children teach you. They are telling you all the time what makes sense to them and where their question is. But having specific data to know how to hear it and answer the exact question has been 
so rewarding for the student and for us as teachers and parents. That's awesome. I, you know, um, I was sharing earlier that my kind of foray into direct instruction precision teaching did also started during COVID. I had, you know, during my training, I had heard about it, but I had never had been trained or experienced in any of the outcomes. And, you know, my first experience during COVID was kind of needing to continue providing services to students, but not being able to see them in person and utilizing that, um, uh, the technology to be able to do tutoring sessions online. What I found where, you know, I was kind of hesitant at the beginning, because I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be really hard. And, you know, and it was actually way better because I had a student looking at me into my camera, they had headphones on and it was like the best focus I had from this student. And I was able to like fast paced instruction, very few distractions. Um, and they were really motivated to learn. And then the following school year, so this past school year, when I started to get, you know, got training with uh, Michael and started consulting with him and get trained on direct instruction and precision teaching, um, I was, you know, able to continue doing that. And, you know, Connie, you said it, like it becomes reinforcing in, in and of itself. You know, I was a special education teacher and I found myself saying like, I don't want to do anything else because it's so fun and it's so effective. And we had kids who had not gotten intervention, like, you know, hadn't gotten consistent intervention for a really long time, if ever. And they were like excited to come to session like setting their own timer, you know, setting their own watch timer and being like, is it time yet? Is it time yet? Can we, you know, can we do this? Cause it's like, they're excited, they're engaged, they're getting lots of attention, lots of praise. And they're finally, you know, finally feeling successful. Like, oh, I'm not like, I can read, I can do this. It's not, you know, it's, it's not as hard as, um, is it, you know, I, I felt it was going to be. So. Nothing breeds success like success. Mm-hmm. You know, when they feel confident and feel like they've accomplished it, they want to try the next bite. Like, okay, well, let's do this next part then. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's that, yeah, it builds that momentum. It generates, you know, that's what, you know, it's, um, they call it a generative. Um, it's a generative instructional method because it's, you know, one thing it's like, oh, now that opens up this other door. Now this opens up that other door and, and you know, creating those connections where they can see, um, see their own success and also see where they're going. Because I think that has been another challenge I've seen in education system is like, they don't, you know, you don't have, the kids don't have a clear picture of where they're going. And so, you know, it feels very disconnected. Um, So then, so it sounds like what you all are doing, you've had lots of success. You didn't know exactly what you were getting into when you first started it. So you might've felt you were a little bit intimidated, got some training and instruction and direct instruction and precision teaching and have um, found success yourself and your students and your kids are having success. But so what have been the barriers that you found? What have been those challenges and how have you, 
How have you um, overcome those? Well, for me, when I started out, I didn't know anything about anything. I didn't know about anything about teaching. I didn't know anything about drug construction or precision um, teaching specifically. I had uh, some background just because my, in applied behavioral analysis, just because I had gone to all the sessions with my son since he was four. Um, so that was like four years of going to each session with him. Um, so I had watched um, them doing, um, you know, ABA type of things. So um, that was pretty much my only exposure. Um, so when I started researching, I first started using just the regular homeschool curriculum um, that you could find that was promoted. I asked other parents, of course, you know, would they suggest? And I did a lot of research. And I tried different things, but ultimately, um, when I I kept coming up with a roadblock uh, when I was using those cur uh, curriculums was. The, there was no measurement tool. It, so I didn't know exactly what my kids knew and what they didn't know. Like it was very confusing and it was very discouraging because I would be like unsure as to what decisions to make as the teacher. Like, do I go forward? Do I stay here? Do I go back? Um, they're making an error here, but it doesn't follow. Like it was just all over the place and it was really discouraging. So once I found, um, direct instruction, precision teaching, I, that removed those barriers. And so now I follow what my kids show me, like, as Connie said, like, if they're, if, if they're progressing, and uh, then I just keep doing what I'm doing. If they, if they have a um, barrier, if they're not understanding something, um, then those errors show me that that's the area I need to teach to, you know, so um, instead of being discouraged by those errors, those errors just alert me to what I need to focus on. Um, so that was really encouraging and refreshing, um, after a whole year of trying to, you know, figure it out and not really knowing where I was going. Um, the other thing I think you sort of mentioned, Abby, is how one thing leads to another. So as I'm teaching my kids and they're making progress on a certain, um, pinpointed goal, sometimes that, um, opens up areas that are related where they're not understanding or it also sometimes opens up areas that they make connections that they're actually like, oh, that relates to that. And, and it makes them understand wider concepts better. So it goes both ways. It either like progresses their learning or it shows me areas that they like other areas that are related to whatever is I'm teaching that I also need to address. So it, for me as a teacher, it's, I need to become really agile. I think that's the word agile where, and the, and the things that they're, um, they're understanding and not understanding and just set my, um, my goals towards, uh, what they're telling me as the student. Does that make sense? I think, um, and also I need to learn how to prioritize because I can't do everything. So I need to prioritize, um, you know, what, what those goals are and, uh, address them in a sort of, you know, step-by-step -step way. Um, and so the people that I uh, consult with, like Michael and um, some of the other precision teachers I consult with help me uh, tremendously with that, so. That's what I was gonna say too, that it, it really does have an aspect of community that's been in, just invaluable for me. I, I couldn't have learned it without Adriana. I mean, that's really the truth. So if you have others you can talk honestly with, um, some of the 
um, tools that are used, the chart, the ways that you keep up with the information may be for people an undoing. For me, it was an undoing as a teacher. I was used to teaching a certain block, testing on the fifth day, teaching a certain block, testing. And in the school settings, typically, that I was a part of, you didn't have the opportunity to, to um, be flexible and adapt. You had to do the next lesson, even if you knew everybody in the room was lost, like you had to stay on track. Um, so that for me was an undoing, like I had to rethink, okay, if the sound, so if we're talking about reading, since that's what I'm tutoring this year, if you're talking about the eh sound, there's no reason to keep adding if eh is not making sense. We've got to go back. This E says this sound. And it is the most freeing thing to be able to find that. It removed that barrier of here's a whole block of information or a block of words, and the child is struggling. They get this percentage incorrect on Friday. But I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. I don't know at what point that block of information didn't make sense. So if you're um, able to unlearn that thinking, which was a barrier for me, and, and realize that every time you see them, you're checking that, you're checking fluency, you're checking mastery, you're checking it every time. I thought that would be discouraging for students, but it has not been. It's been encouraging for them. They know exactly what's happening, but it, did, it is, um, it's a different way of looking at it. It's a new and fresh perspective, but it may, I mean, it does require you to have someone, I feel like, to bounce that off of. Like when you see, so, so say you, you know, embrace this and then I would have students um, plateauing or not progressing. And so I have people to ask. I always ask Adriana, we can go to Michael um, and you'll need to do that. You just need a fresh pair of eyes, like a student who was just really stuck. Adriana had the idea to take smaller bites, like give him 10 seconds, 10 words in 10 seconds. Well, this young man is eight. And that was the most amazing thing he's ever heard in his life. He was like, oh yeah, we're going to do this in 10 seconds. Like he, he works for that in, in our sessions together now. He starts with, do we get to do the 10 second thing? When do I get to do that? You know, and worked through a page of words that we had been stuck on um, simply because I hadn't thought in a new way. So it's so helpful to have a new pair of eyes and people who've walked longer on a path. I mean, that's true in life always. So it's true with this too. Yeah, and I like what you, like the comment that you made about it being freeing, like freeing for you as the teacher and then freeing for the students. It just, it takes that extra pressure off of it. And we know that, you know, just on a human level, if we're feeling pressured or we're feeling stressed, like we're, our brains are in a stress state and we know that when our brains are in a stress state, we're not gonna be learning as well, right? We can't encode memories if we're in a stress state. And so it kind of takes away that extra barrier um, and kind of increases that motivation. And I, you know, I, you mentioned a the timer and we were talking about that earlier that, you know, where, and setting like personal best goals, right? So, um, you know, we're not telling kids like you have to jump to the top of the mountain. We're saying, oh, just take this Hey, you got 10 yesterday. Can you, you know, let's shoot for 12 today. Or how many do you think you can get? Have them set their own, you know, goals. 
And there's just something so empowering about that for the kids because they're, you know, then they become more in charge of their learning process. And I, I'm always looking at, you know, what, what can we do right now that's effective and what are we doing right now that's going to serve kids in the long term? And I, I really do feel very strongly that setting this precedent on like, this is, this is what learning to learn looks like. And you can apply this to anything. Oh, you want to learn the piano? Great. We can break down the piano skills into its component parts and practice each bite size until you're fluent at it and set those goals. And um, there's just something about it, like you said, that's so freeing and so liberating. Yeah. One of the things that I love, a quote I love is we're not filling a bucket, we're lighting a fire. And that is to me, that's really true. What you just said, them loving to learn and learning how to learn. That's a lifetime skill that opens the door that has everything to do with the rest of, of who they'll become, who they are as people. Awesome. So, so then let's, I always like to kind of end on a, you know, where are we going? What are your plan? You know, what are your hopes and dreams and aspirations? So um, uh, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? And what words of wisdom can you share with our families? Um, well, for me, um, I just, my hopes and dreams are that my kids would have the necessary foundational academic and social skills um, for a full and productive life, um, that they'd be able to reach their full potential and, um, that I would be able to like model those values that I want them to carry through over into their life, you know, like empathy, compassion, diligence, um, perseverance and courage. Um, and so I want them to be able to in, as they grow up to be confident in, the, in their own abilities to face um, challenges um, with that courage um, where they don't feel like they need to over rely on someone else on, you know, on me or someone um, or to be paralyzed in fear, but to be able to have those um, foundational skills, um, both like their knowledge, but also just their, how they interact with the world, with others um, to, to care for others and to show that. And um, I, I feel like as we model it as parents, as teachers, um, the more they do. So the more that I explicitly tell them, oh, I love how you're doing this, or wow, you're, you, you've surprised me so much with your, you know, how you're sharing or how you're um, caring for me. And <laughs> it's amazing to see how then they start doing it back to me. They're like, mom, thank you so much for, um, for all you do for me. And, you know, like they actually use those words and for, you know, teaching me. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I'm like, how did they become so sweet? But I'm like, well, I'm trying to share that with them and they're taking it in and that becomes part of who they are. And they, they just feed it back to me and feed it back to others that are around them. And I think it's so beautiful. And I just encourage all of you guys to, you know, have courage, you know, courage sometimes is hard, right? Because it's hard um, to do something that is scary, um, but to be able to do it and to stick with it, to, um, you know, be consistent that I think really, uh, with precision teaching and with direct instruction, it gives you the, like, it gives you the things and you just need to do it day by day, little by little. And, um, 
it's very rewarding, like Connie said. And, um, and it, it, I think it's good to have that community of other folks who you can share, like Connie said, you know, this isn't working. I need a, a fresh set of eyes. And that is just, I think precision teaching, the world of precision teaching, at least all the people I've ever met in it, they don't treat you like, oh, you're not an expert or you don't know. No, they're very, they're like, you, we see things, even though we might have different ideas about a whole bunch of other things, we see this as in like a, a cornerstone thing and uh, we're willing to work with you and see you as equals. So I think that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I really agree with all of that and that children are sponges. They're all the time taking in and learning from us. And so when I'll be discouraged, one of the things Adriana says to me is we're learning together. We're learning, we're both learning. And that is contagious. Children then see that, oh, you're learning and I'm learning and it's good to learn and it's safe to learn here. One of the things that's foundational for children is to feel safe and seen and cared for. And when we're communicating that, even with this particular type of teaching, which I think it does, it gives real clear measurements and we all feel safer inside of clear boundaries. If I know where my lane is, I know where to stay and where to go. Like, like Abby was saying, what's the goal? Where am I headed? Oh, this is what I want to do. I did 10 today. I'm going to try for 12 or 15. And um, one of the things that Michael says often is model lead test. And whether we know it or not, we are doing that. We're modeling all the time. We're leading them. And again, with positive reinforcement, who doesn't work better when you're telling someone you're celebrating their uniqueness and helping them build confidence? That helps that fight, flight, or freeze response to calm down, to literally physically, physiologically calm down so that you can learn and move forward. And it gives them the pattern to do that for others. Just like Adriana said, her boys are precious to me. They encourage me. And so there's this overflow of reporting, pouring into a generation that our hope is, and our, I mean, I don't know a better word than hope, is that then that generation is pouring into the next. We're pouring into them in their uniqueness. There's literally no one else on the planet like that student, their personality and their story. There's no one else like them. And when we can believe in them and be a part of that story, it encourages them to pour into the lives all around them, their circles of influence. Um, so they, it really, it's a joy to be a part of. It really feels like privilege um, sometimes it's intimidating. I love what Adriana said. It, it does take courage and it takes, okay, today may not have been like, oh, the best aha moment ever, but we're going to steady do this. We're going to do this next line and tomorrow we're going to do the next line. You know, I think it's A.A. A. Milne. Um, my daughter has this on the nursery of one of my grandchildren. You're stronger than you think, braver than you imagine. That's true. She says that to, to my grandson, and I say that to you as parents that are willing to learn and trying to do what is best for your families. Um, you're stronger than you think, and you're braver than you know. Um, so we wish you the best. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you both. That was wonderful. Um, I do want to open up if there's any questions for our I guess here we can pick their brains a little bit. 
but I'm fascinated with this schoolroom behind Adrienne here. This looks amazing. I'm just um, enthralled by how you set yourself up there. I don't, can we ask unrelated questions like that? Like, how do you set yourself up? How do you do this? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's absolutely related. Environment, so, you know, we were talking about nurturing, we, you know, just a, 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 an emotionally safe and nurturing environment, and then also a physically safe and nurturing environment. So, yes, Adriana, can you share about your, your yeah. school room there? Right. Well, um, I'm so blessed to have, you know, a space like this. Um, when we moved to Signal Mountain, we live in, in Tennessee, um, we were in a rental house and we didn't know really, we actually moved for, um, for my oldest son to be in the best school that we could find at that time. And when that fell through, it was very discouraging um, when we realized that he, it just wasn't working. But when we started out on the homeschool journey, we were in a very small rental home and had no space. Um, but then we were, found this house and when I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. You know, I'm going to make this into my homeschool room. So um, I just brought in the things that I know they like. Um, they like my older son loves moving movement. And so we had the swing that was a gift. Um, so they take a lot of breaks there or um, just look out the window, look at the birds. And um, we, we sit at the table together. Um, this year I've made it sort of a goal that um the best use of our time sometimes is to do more together as opposed to break up and them doing learning like one-on-one. -on -one. We're trying to do more together because I realized that um, the two boys, they, they, they learn differently and their differences help each other. Um, so uh, because one has giftedness sort of in one area, it helps the other and, and vice versa. So um, we, we try to sit at the table and do a lot of group work together. And um, I try to be as or organized as I can. Um, so I have a lot of different, I don't know if you can see different organizational, uh, you know, places to put things. And, um, and then I like to display a lot of their work. So every time, every week when they do new things, I, I put, put it up for them to see. Um, and then we rotate it. And at the end of the year, we usually have what we call an art show <laughs> where we present their work and we um, celebrate it as a family. And it just keeps it fun. <laughs> My grown children said they want to go back and homeschool in Adriana's house. Like, <laughs> when they see it, they're like, yes, we want to be there. So it's so inviting. The boys flourish in it from my perspective. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. It does. I love those hammock swings. They're so, kids love them. And yes. it's <laughs> <laughs> any, any other questions that you all had before with for Connie and Adriana? Before you... I guess, do you use all the direct instruction now or do you sort of mix and match? Like I find for me, like I know that like the reading is, is just going brilliantly with the direct instruction um, and then we do some other curriculum stuff. But the stuff my kids have really taken off with has actually been like the unschooled stuff, like just when I support um, their interests and then just sort of essentially give them the materials and, and then just go and learn and then just they've just absolutely blown me away with those areas of interest that they just love. So we sort of end up with um, a bit of a, 
I don't know, a bit of a mix. Like, yeah, you've got to focus on some of those skills because kids don't necessarily aren't going to pick up those on their own, all of those foundational skills, but then they can sort of take it and run with other things. Does that sort of work? Do you sort of do a mix or have you just found that there's one method that works a lot better than other methods or how do you guys do it? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for those foundation skills, we definitely use the direct instruction and precision teaching. So with reading, math, um, spelling, handwriting. Um, but my sons also are really interested in science and in history and in um, literature. So uh, for those, I like to um, sort of let them lead. So with uh, especially with science, my youngest son is really interested in nature and being outside in nature and asking questions. And I, I just love that. And um, we do a lot where we do hands-on learning and we um, do experiments. We, um, But I'm also trying to teach them, you know, like, let's do it in a logical way, you know, like the scientific method. Let's, let's put some of this together. I mean, at a very basic level, but, you know, it has to be... Uh, you know, guided in a, you know, focused, structured way. And I do my best to do that. And um, there are, you know, different materials and resources out there that um, I like getting into good books too, to lead our um, learning. So a lot of times I'll frame it around a certain book um, or maybe parts of books from different um, things or poems we've been using poems um, because I love uh, science, but I also love how, um, art and literature can um, touch on those same themes of things that we see in the natural world, but in a, such a beautiful way and, and a unique way. So I try to do a little of both and um, I'd have a lot of fun with that. And um, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's sort of, for me, it's, it's create, it's a creative outlet um, more than like a burden, some like thing, oh, I have to do this, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I'm blessed with that too. That reminds me that I was going to tell the families that are there, not only is it the uniqueness of the student, some of the children love to draw. Some of the children love like what their unique gifts are, which is key. It's also good to remember, I think, as the older grandmama in the room, I want to encourage y'all that um, the things that you love to do will be used. They'll also catch your excitement and your joy for that. You are you. You too are uniquely gifted, and have unique abilities and interests. Like Adriana is saying, it's a joy to do. The children that I tutor online, um, at the end of it, they we have reward time for three to five minutes, depending. And um, it's a joy to me to do that with them. It's not like okay, here's this token thing. It's so fun. The things that they're interested in, the things that come to mind for Adriana and I are things we love. And so then they catch a love for that. Maybe they hadn't known it before. So it's, it's both. And I think that is also a life skill to living in community. I want to listen to what you bring in your uniqueness. And I want to be free to bring what I love too. That's how we all learn. And I think that's a, a beautiful mosaic and a good, they're just, it's another way to be learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, one of the, <clears throat> One of the aspects of the collective that we're you know, trying to emphasize, in addition to direct instruction and precision teaching and you know, the pro-social skills and developing nurturing environments is self-directed education. And that's that kind of that unschooling self-directed education model where 
you're following the lead of the child and, you know, identifying what it is, what are the things that they're really interested in? Um, you know, I have a family that we're, and we're working with through the collective that, you know, her child wants to go to Hawaii. He wants, he wants to live in Hawaii someday. And so she was like, can I, you know, create, you know, this lesson plan about Hawaii and we can do, you know, the geography and the animals. And the, I was like, yes, exactly. That's exactly right. Just take that small interest or that big, you know, that goal that they have. Don't squash their dreams, right? You're not going to say like, you're never going to go live in Hawaii. You're like, sure, let's, let's explore that. Let's really uh, capitalize on that. And then I love what you said, Connie, about, you know, families taking their own strengths and interests and being able to share those with their children in a way that, you know, I believe, I truly believe that learning direct instruction and learning precision teaching, kind of just getting a foundational understanding of how teaching and learning happens, like in an effective and efficient way, those skills can then be generalized and applied to all of those other things. Like, oh, I've always wanted to teach my kid how to, I don't know, scrapbook, whatever, you know, it's like, now I have a framework uh, to like, teach them in a systematic way that is, you know, opens up to them. Or if, you know, like you were saying, <clears throat> the question from the parent here was, you know, about, you know, their interests. It's like, yes, if you're self-motivated and you're, you know, you can do this, then here is this. And, you know, I'll be here and I can answer questions and I can help you as you need, but it, then that builds their confidence and independence too. So. And again, on a lifetime skill, we want them to have ownership in things. Mm -hmm. Think long-term, if you were hiring someone or you wanted someone to be in charge of a dream you have, you would certainly want them to have ownership and be willing to learn things on their own and follow that thought. And, you know, so it's just teaching on every level. And that's, that really is exciting. I'm excited for y'all to have the cooperative. That sounds great. <laughs> and one thing also I've learned is how, um, this, like what you're saying, the direct instruction precision teaching can be applied to so many things that you might not have thought pre, like, I thought it was all like academic when I started out, you know, reading math, like I can understand that. But then when I started working with different precision teachers with, for my older son, Samuel, they're targeting his um, fine motor, gross motor, um, language, um, also uh, his leisure skills and uh, games and play skills. And all of that can be, um, precision teaching, direct instruction can be used, like you're saying, to all of those things and um, make it so much um, more accessible to him to be how to, how to learn these things and, and also to identify where are the, where's, where are the things where he needs help in. Um, where before it was like, yeah, I know he needs help in like all these areas that I don't really know how to get going or how to focus in on teaching individual skills, um, the, the components that make up those composite um, skills that you want them to learn. So it's been really encouraging and effective, so effective. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for joining us and sharing your experiences, sharing a little bit of your, um, you know, excitement and motivation for, you know, applying this in your homeschool. And we look forward to learning from you in the future. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having us.
Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.